<laughs> well, sometimes we got to hear Madhouse jump again. Uh, so on the, I don't know if you heard it the first time there. That that was uh, Tony Gideon of the, of the Daylighters on that track. How you doing, Tony? Tony, you there? <laughs> Michael, you're here. I know that. I am. Uh, I don't hear Tony. We don't hear Tony in here. There's no Tony. Um, I'm looking for it. Well, anyway, Tony so we we were going to talk about uh, T Valentine. Yeah. So talk about that. Yeah. Well, T Valentine is um, quite the character himself uh, musically. Uh, and, when he's not on stage, he's just a, a very down-to-earth guy you'd never think was his stage persona. But he he's um, a guy that met Cadillac Baby in 1959 through Detroit Jr., who is a musician also affiliated with Cadillac Baby. And he, T. Valentine, had he was a writer of kind of free-form stories like about vampires and all kinds and he's of still around stuff. he's still around on yeah. the south side and so he had a dream to be a recording artist and so through detroit jr he met cadillac baby and because t valentine loved the blues he ended up making uh a 45 which is a blues band with his sort of mixture of, ra of rapping ranting shouting <laughs> Um, it's did, very different from anything else on the label. Did you know him, uh, Tony? T. Valentine? Yeah. Yes, I knew T. Yeah, yeah. He had that novel he hit a few years back, uh, Lucille, You a, Les <laughs> you a Lesbian. Did you know that song, Tony? I No, I didn't. I, I uh, probably was uh, not in Chicago at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. his payback song to his ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all used to hang out over at the, uh, 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 that was a club where we used to hang on Monday, all day on Mondays, and uh, over uh, on Indiana. It was in the basement of a hotel, and uh, I can't even think of the name of it now. Um we were going to play it on the podcast, we will hear a snippet of it, uh, of Little Lulu Frog, and you were telling me during the break... That's Cadillac Baby doing the frog noise? Yeah. Really? So he was like all over the place. Yes, he was. He was an entrepreneur, right, Tony? That's one yeah, of the things Cadillac, Cadillac like, uh, told you, me. You were, if you were, I don't know if you were around when uh, uh, the Regal Theater was there. Yeah. Well, uh, Cadillac Baby used to own those trucks that ran up and down South Park that advertised in the shows for the Regal Theater. But nobody knew he owned them. I was probably the only one, one of the a few people that knew. And he also was involved. He 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 would get a float for the Bud Billiken parade, uh, right? He was like right there with Herb Kent, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Who, who was and on the Herb, float? Herb, Herb became a very close uh, friend of mine, and 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 uh, of the Daylighters also. And so, I mean, what was on the float? Did was Cadillac maybe on the float? What was the scene? Yes. Are there there's pictures of that in the? There's in a the... picture of him on the float. What I don't yeah, know is who the other people on the float were. Yeah, I don't remember who was on the float with him either. Yeah, and 
that's been a long time. Yeah. You're invaluable to this project, though, because you're, you're one of the last ones left who was, who was there, right, Tony? Yeah, and basically I was a... Uh, uh, the only one that really wasn't a musician at uh, playing on the sessions that would be at the sessions with him. Uh, we did sessions on uh, Sunnyland Slim, Roosevelt Sykes. We did the Money Tree on uh, Detroit Junior. And we did that, the, uh, the Money Tree we did uh, just to draw uh, patrons into the club. And the, and the song became a hit and sold 60,000 copies in the city of Chicago. And what was the hook of the song? How did it get people to come to the club? It was, it was just a song. Uh, <laughs> it really was just a, he just did a, 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 a boogie-type song. Too much money, da, 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 that kind of thing. And it hit. Wow. And the people just started... They would just come from the west side and different places into the club because the uh, Detroit Junior had the house band. And he was a good entertainer. I mean, he he was able to keep singing that song for the rest of his life, up you know on Lincoln Avenue at the blues clubs and yeah. blues and Kingston Mines. Yeah, last time I saw that. Detroit Junior, I was uh, I was living in Mobile back during the seventies, and he came through there with uh, uh, Howlin' Wolf. Right, he and uh, Wolf, Wolf was an old friend of mine. Anyway, what a great project! Um, maybe we got two minutes left. Like we can't answer this question in two minutes. I'll get out of the way. But what was you guys? What was the relationship with Chess Records? They knew what you were doing. I I uh, recorded for Chess. Yeah, right. Leonard bought the first. The, I cut the first Watusi song right. ever recorded. Watusi, yeah. Yeah, and Leonard Chess uh, bought the master from Cadillac, and he changed the title to What You Gonna Do, and he went on the flip side. The song was uh, entitled uh, The Way You Move Me, Baby. And about eight months after the song came out, I got drafted. (laughs) So I was gone for two years. But I'm just, and I didn't go back to chess when I when I got out of the army. I mean, I'm just trying to ask. I asked this to Michael uh, last week. I mean, this whole this whole landscape of like chess and VJ. I just wonder where Cadillac Baby like fit in with all that. Was it kind of underground or not? Well, Cadillac was was uh, the guy that well, you would think actually had the third uh, company behind chess and VJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Inch- that, uh, that was located in Chicago that actually cut uh, rhythm and blues and blues. Okay, we got to... VJ did, uh, was doing it all, and they had been doing it since about 1953. Okay, well, we got a break. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much, uh, Tony, for joining us tonight from Birmingham. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming in, Michael. It's a pleasure. It comes out in August? Yes, early August. And how can people find out about it? They can go to Amazon.com right now. And pre-order. Pre-order, or they can go to EarwigMusic.com, which is my record label, and it's up on my website. It's great. It's really, really some great stuff. It's an eye-opener. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, we're going to be back with some live music from John Seeger, so don't go away on Nocturnal Journal.
Seeger, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Thanks for joining us again. Well, I'm happy to be here. Can you hear me okay? What's that? Turn off this mic. All right. Can you hear me all right? I can almost hear you. Okay. You got to shout at me. Yeah. These ears are a little rocked out. I'm going to try the headphones. Okay. Tell us about that song. It's off uh, the latest latest semi-twang record, right? Well, it's on on the new semi-twang. Yeah. And uh, it's called Called, Yes, I Will. Yeah. And... uh, there's not much to say about it. It's me trying to be, my usual thing, trying to be like uh, an imaginary Dylan or something. <laughs> it's been a hang-up, you know, the resemblance. I know when I walk in here, everybody goes, there's Bob Dylan right there. But you can't help it if you heard him and you got him, you know. So every once in a while, I'll cough up one like that. And uh, and it sounds good. I'm, I'm, I love, I'm reviewing my own stuff now, just so you know. 
it's fun i meant to say it's fun to play solo and it's really fun to play the band so uh that's all i got to say on and that it's song. fun to be on nocturnal journal yeah you've been here before yeah can't you were at the old studio what's that you were at the old studio yeah 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 that was so cool and you're and this is beautiful too i mean the view from here is you know navy pier i just saw fireworks in the background and i saw them again yeah as i was playing there we go I'm going to turn, turn this up just a little bit. Yeah. They're doing the fireworks uh, just for you, John. They don't, do, they don't do that you know, every, every Saturday. Time I, every time I come to town, it's like that. It's, I'm so tired of it. So you're going to be, uh, we're going to, in the next, uh, after the news, we'll do a giveaway, but you're going to be opening for Steve Forbert tomorrow yeah, night at the City yeah. Winery. Yeah, and if you haven't seen Steve Forbert, uh, he's on my top five of solo performers. He's just a thing unto himself. He's so good. So I'm thrilled. So yeah, who are the who are the, the the who's the compass? Who are the people you look at as you were cutting your teeth on songwriting? Were well, you mentioned Dylan, you mentioned Forbert, yeah, obviously Be Beatles and Stones and all that. But then uh, a friend of mine turned me on to Otis Redding, and yeah. that just put me over. And at an early age, I heard him, at, and uh, it just changed my life. And uh, so there was, you know, it's typical for a white guy to like white groups. We all know about that. And all these groups were pointing at Otis Redding going, Stones were doing his songs. And, you know, I'd heard the name, and a friend of mine says, hey, check this out. And so the Stax thing hit me really hard. And uh, so, I've, you know, I like trying to live between those two worlds, between whatever that means, you know. But if you don't have a little of that influence in you, I don't know what you are, you know. you got to have some. And it's a balancing act. I don't like to pretend that I'm one or the other. I'm certainly not in the blues world or the uh soul world uh, i'm nowhere near good enough you know i hang out with gospel singers in milwaukee i know what the real thing is but you can't you have to be informed by something and that's something that really moves me and just the phrasing the harmonies uh, all that is just uh a thing for me so why otis redding as opposed to like uh, ray charles or sam cook or i love uh, them too yeah uh you know my mom had ray charles uh, country record yeah, right. and uh modern sounds and country western my mom wasn't hip but she dug ray charles and uh and she was a good person and so i heard that growing up and it's not like you know I've, and i heard plenty of like i heard this in a different way when i heard otis redding in a way i heard the white pop bands and the british bands that i was crazy about uh it kind of thrilled me in that same way because one the uh the mgs were such a solid cool band uh there's There'll never be anything like that again. They were so simple and so clean. Steve Cropper's my top yeah. guitar players ever. I don't know. You know, um, I was spent a couple of days in Tulsa this week. Ooh. And I went to the uh, the Dylan Archive thing. They've got yeah. it at the museum there, and they've got some of his uh, some of his paintings and uh, stuff. But that, I'm going to bring this up. They showed a, and I, I'm, I told my brother Doug, who you know. Um, I'm really excited in a couple of years when they opened up the 100,000 pieces of archives he's got. But um, they had a wallet that he gave them, mm -hmm. and they showed stuff that came out of the wallet. And there was like a, there was a scrawled-out phone number from Johnny Cash, but then yeah. there was a business card from Otis Redding. And it said, it said how he wanted him—this happened right before the plane crash—how he wanted him to write him a song that was just like, just like a woman. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And that would have happened. Yeah, you that know, would have that, happened. That's the tragedy there is that— uh, he might have had his uh, Otis might have had a silly period, you know, where he's, you know, everybody does. Yeah. 
But this you know. is my silly period. This, <laughs> this radio show. Well, well, you think of McCartney's great, but yeah. he also had a, that period where you couldn't listen to him, and everybody uh, kind of, you know, they have their great period and they come back to something different. Dylan does that all the time. Otis Redding would have created so much beautiful yeah, stuff, yeah. and he would have been producing. He his first, uh, you know, he did. Uh, who's the guy who did? Uh, do you like soul music? Arthur Conley. Arthur Conley. Yeah, that yeah. was his first production. So he would have been doing more of that, too. Well, it's good to see you. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We're going to come okay. back with some more music. We're going to talk about semi-twang. We're going to give right. away those tickets yes. to see you, uh, a pair of tickets to see you with Glad Steve you Forbert tomorrow night. So uh, don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN.